Cities can seem so large and overwhelming that many do not even know where to start. One important starting point is to get to know your city through research. Our guest today helps us gain some handles on researching your city. I'm Michael Crane, and this is Mission City, a podcast about the urban revolution and how the church can serve the city. I'm a researcher and writer on the intersection of cities and the Christian faith. Our guest in this episode is Minh Ha Nguyen. Minh Ha was born in war-torn Vietnam, grew up as a refugee in Switzerland, and lived for decades as a foreign student and resident alien in the United States. His experiences have shaped his understanding of God's love for cities. Min Ha is a co-founder and director of Radius Global Cities Network and does research full-time serving the church's effort to impact the world with the gospel. He is currently finishing up a PhD in applied theology at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Min Ha's passion for urban research comes through in our conversation. Hi, Min Ha. Welcome to Mission City Podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you on as a guest, especially since you and I are co-collaborators at Radius Global Cities Network. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Michael, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us just a little bit of background. Uh, Tell us a little bit of your story, who you are, and how you came to know Jesus. Yes, that's a good question. I was born in Vietnam, uh, as my name suggests, during the the Vietnam War. And toward the end of the Vietnam War, uh, there were a lot of confusions and uh, people moving around and all of that uh, happening. Uh, And so my family uh, was part of that. And so we moved from the central area of Vietnam that where my parents uh, served. They were uh, Christian workers. And uh, so we moved to the south. But but then uh, a few years later, we could not uh, live, stay in the country anymore. So we, we ended up leaving. And so we became refugees. Now, uh, our next stop, it was supposed to be uh, Hong Kong, but then we end up in Malaysia, which is in, it was in the opposite direction. Hmm. Uh, there's a story about uh, behind it, but it's, you know, uh, we don't get into that now. So Malaysia was, you know, our first uh, refugees experience. We, we stayed in Malaysia for about uh, almost a year. Uh, okay. First in the refugee camp, which is a, a closed camp. Uh, and then uh, they, you know, once our paperwork worked out, uh, we got our visa. They moved us into a more open camp in Kuala Lumpur. So the closed camp was in Kuching, Malaysia. The open camp was in the in the suburb of uh, of Kuala Lumpur. Uh, we had a little bit more freedom for those uh, three four months there. And from then we went to uh, Switzerland, which our country of resettlement. Switzerland became the my home country actually. We lived there for fifteen years. My family, my, my father, my mother, and, and my brother and sisters. Uh, well, my father passed away, but the rest of the family, they still live in, in Switzerland. Okay. So how did you end up in, in the States? 
This has to do with, with how I, I came to know Jesus uh, as my Lord and Savior. And so when I was in Switzerland, uh, a friend of mine, a Vietnamese friend, uh, a bit older than me, he, he got adopted by a, a Christian family. So he got to attend this youth camp for a few years. And then so he, he invited me you know, to, to attend the youth camp with him. And that's in, in that youth camp that I, that I met the Lord. I asked him for forgiveness of, of sin. Really the, the experience, you know, of, uh, of leaving Vietnam also contributed a lot, you know, into my coming to know the Lord. Uh, because of that, God also called me into the, 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 the full-time ministry. You know, after high school, I went to a Bible college in Switzerland. And then, you know, after the Bible college, we thought that, you know, I would go to serve in, in a refugee camp in Southeast Asia. But by the time I finished my study, all the refugee camps, you know, started to close. Hmm. And so uh, I felt like uh, God wanted me to maybe pursue for further training. So that's how we look. Uh, you know, outside of Switzerland, and we found that the United States has more opportunities for, for us to further our evangelical and theological uh, training. And so that's how I end up here uh, in the okay. United States. All right. And now tell us a little bit about what you do now. So what I'm working now is, um, as you mentioned earlier on, you know, we have started uh, Radius Global Cities Network, which is a think tank that uh, help us uh, better understand cities and the state of the world from that urban perspective. I've been working, you know, in Christian research uh, for a long time, for uh, almost 20 years, and... One thing you know, that, that, that I have come to realize a few years ago is that uh, we know a lot about people, uh, where they live, who they are, their ethnic identity, their languages, their religious adherences, all of that. But we know very little uh, about the place where they live, hmm. not just like a, a piece of land and we can draw a, a, a boundary and they say, oh, yeah, this, you know, this, this people group, they, we find them here. But we know very little about that, what that here is. So the cities as a place, it's still very strange to the Christian mission in the sense that, that, that we know what it is or we think we know what it is, but we don't know much about it. And we don't know much about cities around the world. And when I found out that really we did not have a list of cities around the world, you know, for, for the Christian mission, that, that broke my heart, and that is where I began you know, to to develop this database of, of global cities. Now it's, it has expanded, you know, to, to include all the cities that are less global, but there are also cities in themselves. And even though they are not global cities, but they may be important strategic cities for other purposes, especially the Christian mission. So that's uh, really described, you know, in a nutshell, my journey how, how do i end up being an urban research yeah that's really good so you know implied in what you're saying is cities really matter why do you think cities are important for us to understand that's a good question but yeah we do know city matters but why why do they matter and in what way do they matter i think if you ask a hundred people you probably won't, won't get a 150 different answers to these questions because cities are, are complex and we are just learning about cities. 
we don't fully understand. And by we, it's not just me, but other people that I have talked to, I have even heard that if you 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 find somebody who tell you that that they they, they fully un, uh, know what the city is, like they can give you a clear uh, definite definition of the city. Run away from those people uh, <laughs> because uh, because they don't know what they're talking about. Because that was actually going to be my follow up question because you said people think they know what the city is, and so yeah, I was going to yeah, say, exactly. was like, follow, tell me a little bit more about that. Yes, city is just like life. How do, how do you define life? For me, you know, city is where life happens. So if, if cities are as big as life, then we don't fully understand city until we, we understand life. Hmm. And so uh, w- what we need to do, yeah, is even before uh, looking at, at the data, look at the research, uh, we have to go back, you know, to the, uh, to the source. And for us, you know, uh, as Christian, uh, as theologians, as missiologists, the source that, that help us understand uh, all aspects of life you know, is, is the Word of God. And so we have to go back and, and ask the Bible, you know, what is the city? And, you know, try to, uh, to, to listen to, to scriptures. You know, what does God want us to know about city? And I think that is where, you know, where we should begin, you know, our, our quest to understand city. Yeah, no, that's good. What I hear you saying, at, at bare minimum, we should approach our trying to understand the city with a lot of humility because it is so unwieldy and really so comprehensive, right? Like you said, the city is life, and it, it just touches so many different aspects. So to understand a city well, it really takes expert knowledge in a whole bunch of different disciplines and no, no one person can corner all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. You've been in, involved in, in Christian research and global research, right? Research around the world, tracking some things around the world. In relationship to cities, how do you tackle research of the city? We have to start somewhere. And for me, uh, as a people group researcher, I carry on, you know, that baggage with me, you know, into the city research. I'm also aware of that presupposition that I have about, you know, about my, my, my trying to understand cities. And so, so right now, I, you know, the way how I look at the cities, I look at them also as, you know, as people. Uh, so cities, you know, as place for people to live, realizing, you know, this is, this is only one aspect, one perspective of seeing the city. So who live in that city? Uh, where do they live? What different uh, neighborhoods uh, or uh, communities are formed there? And sometimes also asking questions, you know, where do people, where do these people come from? Uh, also can help us understand a lot of, about the city as well. So, so where do, where do people live in the cities? You know, it's, it's also very important. And how do they get there? Did they come to the city, you know, from far, far away? And they may have crossed multiple national borders uh, and so that's that's how i see the city right now and through that i've been adding on a few other perspectives just you know life when when what life happens you have to begin to organize you know that life in the city you can expect to be a high very high density of life and so it needs also a very high structure high organization and so so i begin to add you know that 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 scaffolding, you know, if, if you will, to understand the city. What are the structure 
the the different economic structure, education structure, governing structures. So that's that's like another perspective of seeing the city. So there there are a few more. So when you say add scaffolding, what what do you mean by that? To what do you add scaffolding? For me, it's just like a scaffold that that hold that that life that the city life together. Different people, you know, come together for something that is common beyond their biological commonality, beyond their uh, ethnic commonality, beyond their linguistic commonality. Yeah. So, you know, what happened, you know, in a, a city where you have a diversity of ethnicity, uh, multiple people living together? You know, let's just say even in a city where they each have their own quarters or their own ghettos, they still have to, to share life together. Right. They still have to work together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the things that the people do together, you know, it's it, it being structured in the cities to allow people that are different to come together. And so, for example, uh, a school, you know, it, it's part of that scaffolding. Uh, so, so the education system is part of the scaffolding yeah. because it would be, it would not be economical, you know, for a, a Vietnamese community, you know, in, uh, in the city to have to develop their own system, education system uh, and the Chinese community to develop their, their own education system uh, will not only be uneconomical, but unpractical. And so education. Some people call this a sphere. The scaffolding here is just like a, let's call it a sphere or a sectors. And so that, that just allow, you know, diverse people coming together to share some commonality beyond the ethnic, beyond the language. And so like, just to bring it into the, back to the research realm, you know, if you're um, pulling together research on education in the city, for example, then in some ways what that offers is, one window into this really massive building to be able to see to see what's going on in that building, right? Um, yeah, I think we saw like with the coat with the pandemic, you know, when cities closed their their schools, I think one th- one thing that people realized was schools did so much more than just educating kids, right? Yes. They were places for kids to go away from the house for a lot of hours of the day. There were places where many kids received nourishment during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a lot of things that took place. They became a social outlet for people. Uh, So there's a lot of aspects of just education, just that one thing and, and then you add all of those other things that, that you're talking about, the scaffolds or, or spheres or sectors or verticals. Yeah. And man, it's uh, quite a composite picture. Yeah, the key word that you use there, Michael, the, is the social, the, the social aspect of life. Yeah. And you find that, you know, or you find you know, that everywhere, in, uh, even in the, in the small town and villages. It become more nuanced, you know, more stronger. Uh, it's become stronger in, in city. That that social aspect of life, and the thing is that the Michael is it's not just organized life, organized life in the cities, but also create new communities as well. For example, you know, parents uh, meet other parents, you know, to sports that that their kids play together. 
Yeah. Uh, parents can meet, you know, other parents when they go to PTA meetings, you know, parent teachers association meetings. And so that social dimension of the city, not only organize the city, but it also create new groupings, you know, of people who live in the cities. And interestingly, our research have shown that, you know, this, this grouping, in some cases, you know, they have become even stronger than the, the ethnic or the linguistic mm. identity, you know, uh, of the people who live in the city. An example is among the, the, the second generation, for example. Hmm. Uh, that, you know, the, the second generation of immigrants, you know, who, who, who live in the, that city, they may think, you know, the, the social bonds, you know, to be more important than that ethnic, uh, or their, the, the, the linguistic part. So how do you collect all of this research? How do you go about doing your research? So put it, you know, in very simple term, uh, terms, you know, and so don't, don't hold this against me because research, you know, is not a, uh, a linear, uh, process. Path. Yeah. You know, it's not like one, two, three, you do this uh, and, you know, and, and here I come research. For, for me, I think maybe a process will be, you know, you begin because I mentioned in the beginning that we, we have lists of people groups, uh, and people segments and all of that and city segments of peoples and, but we don't have a list of cities. So maybe the first thing to do is develop a list of cities. And I think, you know, that uh, in the sense that that also how I did. So develop a list uh, of cities around the world, but realizing, you know, the, the, the first list that, that you, that you find is not going to be the final list. The easiest list of, of cities to find today are lists of global cities, but it cannot be uh, all the city that, you know, we want the Christian mission, uh, to, uh, to consider. And so because that, you know, you end up having a list, maybe a hundred or two hundred cities. Whereas, you know, um, uh, there are, according to, uh, you know, to some, uh, sources, there are at least 13,000 cities. Some lists may have up to 20,000 cities, depend how, you know, how, how, how we define the Thir- 13, city. 13,000 to 20,000 cities. Yeah, yeah. I think if you get up to uh, the list of 20,000 cities, you might get close to the 55% of people living in the city today, mm. which is, which is the, 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 the official statistic today that, you know, 55, 56% of the world population uh, live in urban areas. Okay. So that list of 20, 25,000 cities, 20, yeah, uh, and some cities, uh, would get very close, you know, to that. Is that four point, four point some billion? Yeah. So you start with a list, but then, you know, a, a list of cities really, yeah, I, I quickly find out, found out that, uh, it's not enough to have a list because that, that list may give you one metric, which is the population. Hmm. But yeah, the, the number of people by cities, uh, that might satisfy your curiosity. But it's not going to be very helpful for the Christian mission and uh, the, the task of engaging cities, right? So you have to know a little bit more about cities. So what happened is that I began to develop this uh, cities database, the database of, of cities. I still call it the, the database of global cities. And so I began to find sources of uh, people would do research on cities and they measure something about cities. So I bring those sources together bring all of those metrics together, document them, curate them, and, and bring them into, 
you have this global cities database. So, so the, the current database that, uh, that we have today, it's about 3000 cities around the world with about 150 different, uh, metrics coming from multiple sources, you know. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, there are some metrics that are more complete than others. And, and those, those metrics really help us better understand the city a bit more rounded. Yeah, a better rounded understanding of the city. It's just like, you know, when you meet somebody, you know, you say, well, how old are you? And the person may say, yeah, I'm 24. You cannot be satisfied, you know, with just that one metric, right? I mean, you need to know, you want to know more. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah where, where are you from? Yeah, that's I mean, a good analogy. We always want to know more. And those metrics, if you wish, uh, help us gain better understanding about cities. Now, I know metrics and, and statistics and data doesn't tell the whole picture uh, because there are a lot of, uh, of, of information about the city that, you know, that cannot be boiled down to, you know, a number or a, an index. So the story about the city, uh, we, we, want to, we want to collect that as well. How did the city come about? You know, how did London become a city you know, in the first centuries? And what is the story of, of London from that day until today, you know, from a, a small little Roman settlement, uh, a military uh, settlement to become metropolis that it is today. Yeah, you know, At the largest, at the highest scale. And so there's a whole history, you know, the city was burned out multiple times, but it's, it was rebuilt. And, and so that's that kind of, of, of data about cities. Some people call it, qualitative data. It's also very important. Yeah. So would you say then that your focus is like, while you see the value in that, a lot of what you're doing is the quantitative data, right? Yeah. So I have to limit myself to an area. Um, My background is in statistics, uh, numbers and metrics. That is what I'm most familiar with. I do recognize, you know, the, the importance of qualitative data that information to become, you know, uh, more and more critical to understand city. Yeah, I mean, it's if I go to a doctor's office and the first thing they're going to do is take some measurements, right? They're gonna they're gonna test blood pressure and they're going to maybe calculate heartbeat. They're going to take weight and and height, and those are hard numbers that they're dealing with. And then the doctor may also ask, are you experiencing pain in this area? Are you feeling this? And the doctor needs both the, the quantitative and the quantitative data in order to diagnose, right? Yes, they need both. They need both, right? And, yeah. and you know, both reflect well on each other. But I think there is a mis- misconception that people have about quantitative and versus qualitative data. You know, they don't think of qualitative data as data that we can mine uh, and uh, and measure and understand. For me, as a city researcher, I want to, you know, to, to capture that and store that, yeah. that, that qualitative data. Of course, you know, they are in written form. They don't have, you know, numbers and, you know, and letters. Of course, they, they do have all of that information, but they're not like in rows and columns. Right. But it doesn't mean that we cannot mine it, you know, for, for insights. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's, that is what a lot of people, they don't understand that. And so that, that, uh, as a researcher, I want to bring that into also that those stories, you know, into the database. Today, there, there are processes 
I call big data processes that I can query, you know, those huge database, you know, of photos, you know, database of stories and answer questions from that data. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if 3,000 cities and for each of those cities, you have all of this history books, you know, written about that, you cannot read, you know, all of those books for the, all of the thousands of cities. Yeah. And then try to, you know, to, to conceptualize some understanding of, about the city from that data. We did not have the capability that we have today, you know, using big data analytics. We can mine that data and use that, you know, that insight to, to enhance the quantitative data and sometimes use that data insight to, to create new understanding about. Uh, and sometimes it may be to filter, right? I mean, because what I hear you saying is, you know, we call this the information age. And so we are just inundated with information, just overwhelming amounts of information. But yes. what good research can do is filter out all of the excess information and hone in on that which is relevant for for what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve, right? Yes, that, that is true. So... You've developed this database of cities. You are looking at it in multifaceted ways, looking at it from a number of different angles. Now, as people in ministry in cities, uh, as you know, cities are already a really busy place. Everything competes for time. Those ministering in cities are busy and have a hard time even getting their head above water how would they best utilize or dig into urban research? What, what can you help them understand? Like what would be most important? And then how would they go about engaging with urban research? I think you're right uh, to say that, uh, you know, cities are, are busy places and, uh, and noisy places because that's, yeah, that's what life is. Nobody wants to go to a, a boring place, but they love to, to go to those places that a lot of things are happening. But then it's, it, it creates a problem for research and for understanding city, right? Because then you don't know then what, you know, what noise do, do you want to, to pursue? What sign do you want to follow in the cities? And I think this is, uh, there, there is no silver bullet on this. I think we, we have to learn how to, how to listen. You know, to the city, just like if we want to know somebody well, you're not just asking questions. You also have to, to listen, uh, to what that person tell you. And so cities, you know, the city can tell you a lot because, you know, there are a lot of people there you can interact with. So just, just listen to the, you know, to the city, ask good questions about cities. Just, I'll just cut in for just a second. Our previous guest, Matthew Watson, he mm-hmm. talks about just even learning the oral histories of the city, yeah. listening to those that may not always be based in, in facts, but it is the how people perceive their yeah. experience in the city. And yeah. for, I think it's really important for us, uh, what you're saying here is to have this listening posture, a learning posture, and always yeah. be taking that in as we as we seek to minister. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And yes, be humble, uh, but also be discerning. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't always tell you what, uh, what you want to know. Uh, they tell you what they think they want you to know. And so, right. so be discerning. So learning to, you know, to hear the voice uh, from the noises 
Uh, that is so important in the city because, you know, noises, you know, uh, in the city, that, that's interesting. But if that's all you hear, uh, that could be very overwhelming. That will dry you out quickly. And so discerning, uh, listen with intent, but listen, you know, with a critical uh, mind, comparing stories. That's why I'm I'm building a database of city with 150 metrics because some of those metrics, they may, you know, say the same thing, somewhat the same thing, Capture but they can power. also help evaluate, gauge, you know, the validity of, of each other. And if we find something that is dissonant uh, about that piece of data, then we at least we have something, yeah, to uh, to compare and contrast and and dig deeper. And so you do the same thing, you know, with listening to the city. Listen with with intent, with humility, but also with a discerning. And try to go back, you know, to the the understanding of uh, you know of the city that we hear from the word of God. So so I did I, I did get into that a little bit earlier about you know how Scripture tells us about cities can inform us. I think you know if you if you if you go into the strong concordance and you count on those mentioned of the cities yeah uh, in the Bible there are over a thousand I do I don't know if you have the exact number but a lot uh, uh, of mentioned about cities in the Bible so the Bible tells us a lot uh, about cities and we compare that you know uh, to what we hear about cities from what the, the people are telling us or what the, what the city is telling us. So you're saying engage with a listening, humble approach. You're saying engage it theologically, spiritually, but in terms of engaging with research out there, you're not saying that they everyone needs to go build a database like you have. Um, how do they access maybe your research or other people's research? What are some ways you can point them towards to utilize what the the broader church has done for them, people don't have to do what I what I had to do for over the past uh, three four years. People can go to Radius Global City Network website, and we put most of our research uh, out there on that website. Not just statistic quantitative data, but also qualitative research about cities. So people could go there. And then uh, there are dashboards about cities and they can browse and then they can download uh, data profile about cities. So we, we have made it, you know, uh, really simple for people to, to access yeah, that, that information about cities. The, the Radius uh, Global Cities uh, website is geared toward the Christian worker, the Christian church, you know, and to, to help Christian church. Uh, better appreciate the cities and connect, you know, the, the work that we do, you know, to people who live in urban contexts and to, to cities. And so that probably, you know, it's not the only place to go, uh, but it's, it's a good place to start, you know, the radiusglobal.org. You can go there, there's, there are resource database that you can, uh, search by keywords, by author, by language. We do have people who contribute from different languages, and we try to uh, identify more researchers who have the, the ability to write research and, and write a story about cities from uh, from the, the, the majority world. So there will be different languages. So, so beyond that, that resource database, uh, we have dashboard that provide uh, statistical information about cities, and we also provide links you know, to other partners that also research cities. So what I hear you saying, uh, there is 
there's a website, radiusglobal.org, that has uh, open access to a lot of information about cities, both uh, qualitative and quantitative research. And it's a website in development, right? So I'll just go ahead and put a plug out there. So it is, we're wanting to grow and accumulate what we have. If you are a regular listener of this podcast and you have research to share through our website, please do send it in to info at radiusglobal.org. That would really help us. If you have research in different languages, our goal is to make this accessible to the global church. And then I don't know if you heard that, but what what Minha is saying is you have access to this incredible database of cities that, that Minha has been working on through that website. And so this is... This is where it's not just theory anymore. It's not just a pie-in-the-sky idea, but really something that is accessible that you can go to and glean from in fairly quick time. So you mentioned about quick, about fast. That <laughs> reminds me about the Shalom City Index. That sometimes, you know, as, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the database with 150 different metrics, uh, indicators about cities, Sometimes, you know, people, unless you are researchers, you might not have time, you know, to, to go to each one of those and identify, you know, what, uh, what you need. And so what we are trying to do is also is to develop this, uh, this indices, uh, of composite indicators, bringing multiple metrics, you know, to, together to inform about the city. Uh, and to create like, you know, maybe a composite number that can, that, that, that can gauge the health of a city. So the city shalom index, you know, uh, follow that principle is an index about the presence or the absence of shalom, uh, in a given city. So it's an, uh, experimental process for us, you know, right now, you know, just to, to use the data, the data that we have about city create a tool that can help uh, missiologists, you know, uh, urban strategists uh, and Christian workers uh, in urban arena to quickly use the, the, the data that, that, that we have. So the index, again, can also be accessible uh, to radiusglobal.org website. Just remember, it's, you know, this is, this is a work in, in progress. It's a, a, a concept uh, that we, we want to uh, flesh it out uh, in in analytical form, but those kind of tools also give you an, an indication of where we where we would like you know to take this this research about about cities uh, yeah. beyond just you know databases. It's really uh, help us you know create new tools uh, to do the work in the, the Christian mission work uh, that was given to us two thousand years ago uh, in the new context. Data, stories, and all of this is really about, you know, what we need so that we can understand the, the, the reality. The goal is to leverage this to serve, right? Yes, yeah. To have ought to be more effective. You know? Yeah. Well, I feel like we maybe just touched the uh, tip of the iceberg here because I think there's a lot more that you could help us understand in terms of how do we apply all of this data. I think we'll need to have a follow-up time to really explore some of those details. In terms of accessing your work, where would you point our listeners to? 
we mentioned well, the radius global city website uh yeah the shalom city index uh also has it's our website it's called shalom.city shalom.city or shalomcityindex.com Okay. Uh, there is another uh, database that, that we are developing, really focusing on on this, you know, this uh, this seven sectors, seven sphere, you know, okay. of uh, uh, yeah, of the city. Remember, we talked uh, early on about the scaffolding, and so we are also building this this database about the sphere in this city. So it's uh, and and that this database is being hosted, cityrenewal.net. And this is really restricted to only like 700 cities. And so, <laughs> so that is also only 700 know. cities. 700, seven here <laughs> in 700 cities. Yeah. Okay. So those are three spaces to be looking out for as you're digging into this. Thank you, Minha, for taking the time to, to share with us today. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm thankful once more to Min Ha Win for taking the time to be on the show. Mission City is hosted by me, Michael Crane, and produced by Radius Global Cities Network and Scott Slusher. Today's episode was written by me and Scott Slusher. If you liked this episode, we hope that you'll take a moment to share it with friends and leave us a great review on whatever podcatcher you use to listen. It truly helps.